Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Scott Luton and Greg White here with you on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. Gregory, how are we doing today? Very well, Scott. I yeah. see that you uh, got a little sun this weekend. Tell <laughs> us about it. <laughs> Understatement of the year. Hey, we, uh, Amanda and I, took off for a quick weekend trip to Key West, and we had a delightful time. Awesome. Um, yeah, drove around way too much in a convertible, uh, as you as you can see, my sunglasses did a good job, but uh, I need a little more suntan lotion, maybe. And did you ride scooters there? I know that's a big tradition on Key West. Or did you just have to dodge them in the street? <laughs> we dodged scooters, go, go-karts, go golf carts, you name it, but had a blast doing it. Awesome. And speaking of having a blast, though, we're back here every Monday, 12 noon Eastern time, Greg, for the supply chain buzz, right? So much better than being at the beach. <laughs> no kidding, man. Uh, and we're going to be covering some of the leading stories you got to have on your radar across uh, global supply chain, global business. And Greg, we've got a wonderful guest joining us here about 1225, don't we? Yes, we do. And I'm not going to announce <laughs> her name. I'm going to beat you to the punch. Okay, I'm going to beat you to the punch. You I'm going to say we have Leah Knight with SAP. He's going to be joining us about 1225 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to be talking uh, in particular about many things, especially the automotive industry uh, when she joins us. So stay tuned for that. And, you know, we want to hear from you too, Greg, right? A knowledgeable and seasoned practitioner. Yes. Yeah. So someone I think everyone can relate to. I mean, she has been doing it. Uh, well, we'll let you tell her. We'll let her tell you how long, but she is not what I would call a supply chain enthusiast. She's a supply chain biker. Uh, <laughs> the real deal holy real field. expert yeah right well looking forward to leah joining us here in about uh 20 23 minutes but who's counting uh but folks again you're gonna hear from greg and get some his expertise and analysis uh we're gonna walk through the headlines but we also want to hear from you so use that chat toolbar and uh, let us know what you think of the conversations we have. Uh, speaking of which, Greg, I'm going to say hello to a few folks, and then we're going to share a couple programming items. Of course, Amanda and Catherine behind the scenes helping to make production happen here today. Happy Buzz Day, Amanda says. Uh, Shelly Phillips, great to have you. Good morning from Colorado. I bet it's gorgeous out there this time of year, Greg, you think? Uh, well, it depends on the day. You know, yesterday might have been 70, and today it could be 20. To and snowing a foot. You know how Colorado is this time of year, Shelly. You got to clue us in. By the way, Shelly had some really interesting introspective dialogue on on uh, one of my commentaries last week. Yeah, last yeah. week. So an interesting. Um, she's very insightful. Yes. Shelly, and we're also going to have you on the sports show coming soon. So, Shelly, keep up the great work as always. Let's see here. Hey, my old friend James Moore from Tampa is tuned in here today. James, great to see you. Hey, James, uh, let me know if, uh, what you're doing Wednesday night. If you're free, I have a reservation at Burns that I'm not going to be able to go to. So, man, I was just thinking of who could take advantage of that. So let's so, chat. <laughs> James, shoot me a note on LinkedIn or shoot Greg a note. We'll, we'll make that happen. Uh, great to see you, though. Umkar 
from Mumbai in India via LinkedIn. Great to see you. Looking forward to hearing your perspective on what we're chatting about here today. Gino. No reservations in Mumbai. Sorry. (laughs) Not this week. Yeah. Gino is with us uh, from Northern Alabama. Gino, great to see you here today. Let's see. Mick tuned in from Washington, D.C. via LinkedIn. Michael from Boston via LinkedIn, of course, mentioned the the, uh, heavy hitter, Catherine. uh, Holding down the fort on YouTube. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, Jules from LinkedIn uh, from the um, Republic of Congo. Democratic Republic of Congo. Yeah. The Congo. That's right. We Westerners call it. Yeah. Yep. Joshua from sunny California. Well, Josh, you've got something in common with our guest who yeah. also finds herself in uh, California. So, hey, welcome to everybody. I know we couldn't hit everybody, but welcome. We look forward to your perspective as we work through a jam-packed show here on the Supply Chain Bus. So, Greg. Yeah. Are you ready to get down to work, right? Uh, yeah. If we got to call it work, yes. <laughs> well, let's start with some resources, right? Yeah. So, folks, you know, it's always good to have resources uh, the U.S. Bank Freight Payment Index for Q4 2022 is now available. It's free. And as you, as you see there, it really focuses on volume and freight, freight volume and freight spend domestically. So check this out. You can get your copy at freight.usbank.com. It's just that easy, right, Greg? It is, and it's that useful. And uh, by the way, if we can drop the link into the last assessment of that, Yep. which continually reinforces that you should get um, the freight payment index. But what a great discussion we had with Enrique Alvarez from uh, Venture Global Logistics and uh, Bobby from Holland, of course, from U.S. Bank. That's right. But that one was particularly good, don't you think? Oh, no doubt. Some real practical, useful uh, perspectives there. And we've changed up the format a little bit so that it's um, less you know, not enough about the report, but also right. about what the heck people are doing with it and what you can do with it. Greg, uh, Greg, that is a great call out. I'll try to well, combine thanks. Greg and great there. Uh, great call out, uh, Greg. And let's see. Many people have that challenge. <laughs> we just dropped a link. So to both the index as well as um, our, that episode Greg's talking about, because we framed it around five things, five key takeaways from the freight payment index. So y'all check that out. Let us know what you think of the conversation. Hey, speaking of great resources, Greg, mm. uh, we have one of Leah's many colleagues, uh, the one and only Ursula Ringham from SAP joining us, along with Brandy Boatner from IBM on March 21st. Now, this is going to be a very unique webinar. It's not so much focused on supply chain as it is on creating content that matters, creating content that resonates. So join us on March 21st at 12 noon Eastern time because, Greg, Everybody's creating content these days, right? Yes. <laughs> some of it better than others, right? Yes, that's right. Uh, <laughs> some are better at creating content than doing the work. Um, Jake right. Paul is a great example who got pounded in his boxing match Man. Uh, the other day. Um, some people should stick to YouTube and not <laughs> pretend to be experts in that which they are enthusiasts. Right. But yes, the... Ursula and Brandy are, of course, experts. So learn from the best, right? That's right. (laughs) March 21st, 12 noon Eastern time. Join me and Greg and Ursula and Brandy. First full day of spring also. Oh, is it? Okay. Man, great timing. We were just talking about some of the things blooming across the beautiful state of Georgia and uh, California um, in a pre-show. But, all right. 
So, Greg, we're going to move fast today. We've got a lot to get through to right. now. And Leah joining us around 1225. Are you ready? Yes. So let's do this. I want to walk through some headlines first. And um, and then we're going to talk about one of your supply chain summaries. So uh, I want to start with this read from the Wall Street Journal. Retailing giant Target is planning on significantly expanding its next day delivery program. The company is investing $100 million into next day. And it's going to be opening at least, at least, Six more sortation centers across the country by 2026. Target executives stated in the most recent earnings call that brick-and-mortar Target stores were handling, Greg, some 85, uh, 95% of online order fulfillment volumes. How about that? Uh, and We're going to drop a link to that read in the chat. Really quick. Uh, as reported by Supply Chain Dive, Dole said last week that the company had been hit with a ransomware attack, joined mm. the crowd, right? Mm -hmm. Causing the company to pause production at food plants in North America, as well as suspending shipments temporarily. Many analysts are reporting that the global food industry has become a bigger, if not the biggest target for bad actors in recent years. But folks, as Greg and I have chatted with numerous guests through the years, it's only going to get worse and worse, more attacks and more complex attacks, uh, uh, complex attacks as well. And then finally, Greg, I want, and I'll get your take on this before we move to your supply chain summary. Sure. Remember that term from a couple of years ago, retail apocalypse, right? We remember, we had shows around the theme, some really interesting shows. Well, the Daily Mail is asking if the U.S. is entering another retail apocalypse as more than 800 retail stores are set to close across the country this year. Now, Bed Bath and Beyond kind of sticks out differently because it's it you know we know what that's related to. But Bed Bath and Beyond, Tuesday morning, Gap, Walmart, all set to close uh, stores over 800 locations uh, across the country. So, Greg, uh, before we move into your supply chain summary, I know we you've talked and kind of analyzed what's going on at Bed Bath and Beyond. But either whether it's that or whether it's um, what's going on across retail, your quick comment before we move into one of your popular summaries. Yeah, let me start with uh, no. <laughs> I love that. The U.S. is not going into a retail apocalypse. So I wanted to let that simmer there for a second. Thank you for allowing that to happen, Scott. Uh, no, and if you and I'll tell you why. If you look at companies like J. Jill, by the way, which whose stock is up seventy four percent in the last since August, um, Academy Sports, Dick's Sporting Goods, which is acquiring other businesses like they're going out of style, some of which may actually be going out of style but soon to be saved by Dick's Sporting Goods. Um, and, and companies like Target, who've had a strong comeback from a horrible year where they basically did a ton of damage to themselves. Mm. Companies that are capital efficient. It's funny, Scott, I didn't know you were going to choose this article first thing this morning. Yeah. Because I didn't read your email when you sent it <laughs> earlier this morning. Um, <laughs> but, but I was thinking about, um, about retail and about why why so many stocks there's a company called the buckle which is uh, clothing academy sporting goods j jill and yeah. others whose stocks are just exploding and i was thinking why is that and here's why they are capital efficient businesses they're not mm. over leveraged with debt they didn't uh over invest in in inventory they didn't get crazy in look in postcasting and looking at demand from 2021 and think that that would be what demand looked like in 2022. Um, and these other companies are just some of the most, the word uh, poorly, I'm going to say poorly. It was another four letter word, Illy, 
that I was I was thinking of because they are run that bad. Bed Bath and Beyond is one of the worst businesses in America. Mm. Likewise, Party City, uh, so poorly run and poorly capitalized. Uh, Tuesday Morning is kind of a secondhand store. I don't mm. know. It's it's kind of like the um, it's kind of like the uh, home goods section of a TJ Maxx or a Ross, which also are exploding. By the way, their businesses are doing quite well. So I think these are examples of the exception, not the rule. Incredibly poorly run businesses by management teams that should have been mm. fired a long time ago and propped up by these idiot retail investors who bought companies like AMC and Bed Bath and Beyond trying to trying to kill the shorters in the um, you know, in the stock market. So these companies should have run out of capital a long, long time ago in a lot of cases and they're getting their comeuppance. Now, let me address Walmart because okay. most of the store closings that they're having are because they are doing away with their e-commerce only stores, stores that only fulfilled e-commerce. And they're going more to, to the first story we talked about, yep. to stores fulfilling from, or, you know, fulfilling uh, e-commerce from the store, which makes so much sense for a big box type retailer like Target, Best Buy, Walmart. Home Depot. Mm. Well, uh, that is like the retail quick minute. Uh, thank you for your quick analysis there, Greg. So, How long was that? Was that? There's no way that was just a minute. Well, probably two minutes. But hey, so no, folks, there is no retail apocalypse. And we'd welcome your opinions there on on that or some of Greg's commentary. I would call it retail reckoning for okay. those who are capital inefficient. Yep. How's that? I like that better. I like that much better. Uh, all right. So a couple quick comments, then we're going to move into Greg White's supply chain commentary. Uh, and then we're going to have a, a special guest in Leah Knight with SAP join us. But really quick, uh, I want to go back to, hey, James, is hey, he's game. So he'd love to uh, dine at Burns on Wednesday night. Uh, James, shoot us a note and we'll get you connected. Unless Greg was kidding. <laughs> so. No, Greg at supplychainnow.com. All right. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, let's see here. Shelly back on target. She loves target and she gets in trouble there sometimes. We probably all do at times. Uh, let's see here. And also Shelly says, Hey, retail is like the fable, the ant and the grasshopper. This is winter for retail. Mm. Good point. Good so point. also like, uh, game of Thrones. Ah, man, that'd be a great winter is coming. Yes, winter. <laughs> great meme. Um, and then Mark. Hey, Mark, great to see you. Uh, the rebate evangelist does great work over there. Um, uh, so Mark says, hey, please can everyone send some tomatoes and cucumbers to the UK? We have plenty of toilet paper, toilet roll in our cupboards, he says, but no vegetables. Uh, that is, it, it's, it's crazy. Have, have you been reading any of that, Greg, about what's going on produce there in the UK? Yeah, actually, uh, we knew that this was coming um, some months ago. You know, we realized that South America, where we get that those kind of goods from this time of year and other places south of the equator where they, you know, their growing seasons are opposite. Right. Um, had some devastating happenings in in terms of their crops. So we've known this is coming. Um, move to the U.S., Mark. Um, yeah, come on, Mark. Well, I mean, I don't know why it's, I, I mean, they have to get more for their goods in UK because everything is so expensive there, but everybody seems to funnel this stuff to the States because it's a big humongous 
consumer market, right? Yep. So yep. Um, we don't, we will have shortages. We will never have them on the same level that, uh, in, you know, the UK or other European countries. Yep. Well, thank you for that, Greg. And, and Mark, again, great work. It was great to collaborate with you and the Enable team last week. Um, all right. So, Greg, uh, before we bring in our guests, we got, we want to talk about the supply chain summary where those real popular that you wrote uh, last week. And then we've got one quick uh, public service announcement related to an initiative that we're supporting. So, let's talk about uh, the Kansas City market, Greg, and what's going on there. Yeah, so uh, I think it's interesting, I, you know, I commented on an article about Kansas City and Missouri markets. They were talking about Missouri generally, but really it's mostly Kansas City. And and in fact, it's not just Kansas City, Missouri. Some of you around the world may not know there are two Kansas cities, Kansas City, Kansas, and Kansas City, Missouri. Please don't ask me why and uh, <laughs> never get in a discussion with a Chiefs fan about that either. Uh but that whole area, because it is very, very near the geographic cent- center of the contiguous 48 states of the United States, uh, has always been a big hub for distribution. Used to be a family-run business. Um, multiple families ran it. Um, but now, now a lot more corporate. And, um, you know, it's funny because this article talks about all of the industrial real estate changes that have happened over the last since COVID and this huge explosion of industrial and fulfillment dis, uh, distribution type centers. But that was already happening starting in about 2018 in Kansas City, again, because of the pressure to have two-day delivery to everywhere. So it made me think that as the market is slowing down in Kansas City, we haven't seen that throughout the country, but Kansas City seems to be a leading indicator for what's about to happen across the country. Maybe not on the coasts, but in the other sort of flyover areas of the country where people are trying to place distribution centers for one, two, even same day um, fulfillment. So that was just what it made me think of. Kansas City has been very, very good about it. um, And it has really become the industry of Kansas City is to provide these fulfillment centers. So. Keep an eye on that market was the upshot of that of that article. You can read the commentary. I think somebody dropped it in there. Yep. And yep. when they say KC commentary, that's not the Chiefs commentary. So it did have <laughs> some Chiefs commentary. The reigning Super Bowl champions, we should say. Is that right, Scott? I did not know that. <laughs> but y'all, Ask hey, me how I feel, Scott. Ask me how I feel. <laughs> how do you feel about that, Greg? Like a three-time Super Bowl champ. But back to the point at hand, and that is, <laughs> that is, uh, I, I do believe, and I'm not saying I'm right. I just believe that I'm right, like all of you. Um, yep. I, I think that you, you can keep an eye on this market that is um, central, literally central to logistics in the United States and also very central to some of the trends uh, as regards transportation and warehousing. So it could be an indicator of things to come and building and lease uptake has slowed dramatically in that part of the world as we are, of course, more and more able to go back to those retail stores who are not failing. Yep. Well, so check it out. One of the best parts about uh, these commentaries, again, you'll find this on uh, Greg White's LinkedIn pro- profile or feed Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And beyond Greg's brilliance that he shares, uh, I'm, I'm not the least bit biased. But folks, as, as Greg mentions, 
uh, I think Shelley, all, all the comments on there. Yeah, the commentary is, is yeah, yeah, it, it is so useful. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's almost it almost becomes like a Reddit uh, informed expert Reddit feed. It's kind of what that LinkedIn uh, a conversation that follows your summary. So love it. Use the link. Uh, let us know what you think. Put your comment in there, and we'd welcome your perspective. Hey, uh, going back to Super Bowl, Stephen via LinkedIn. Stephen, let us know where you're tuned in from. He says. New England was being charitable, Greg. So, I'll, <laughs> does that mean does that mean by keeping their loudmouth quarterback Mac Jones, or does that mean by losing <laughs> so many games so it was so much easier for the rest of the AFC? Well, Stephen, it's a way in there, and and all this is 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 a good spirited banner, right? We love Ben NFL <laughs> that creates some of the most passionate discussions. Uh, let's I love it. So one of my best buddies is a New England fan, and my brother lives in Boston, so he's become a New England fan. Yeah. <laughs> Way we're right. saying. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, and it is fascinating. It's all with love. All with love. Tiny, all tiny with- bit of hate right in the middle. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, hey, let's move uh kidding aside i want to move and share uh, the most recent update here on this wonderful program so greg mentioned in uh enrique alvarez with vector yeah. global logistics earlier man just one of the one of the good good folks out there in the industry always doing big things helping support a wide variety of nonprofits this has been running sadly um you know sadly we have to have a need for this but about a year leveraging logistics for ukraine uh, they so far this effort led by Vector, but we've got a, a big ecosystem around the world has contributed. We've together over six hundred seventy thousand pounds of humanitarian aid has reached families in need in Ukraine and Poland and elsewhere. Folks, they're driven by these monthly planning me- meetings, and the next one is March seventh at eleven a.m. Eastern time. The good thing is you don't have to give anything. You don't have to say anything. You can show up and just kind of connect the dots and get a sense of, of what goes on and. Typically, you leave that session with lots of market intel. Uh, Greg, the last one I attended uh, a month, I think last month, they had a gentleman there, uh, an American from, I can't remember where he's from, but they call him uh, uh, Bakrat Brad because he has ventured over there as like a one-man, one-person mission, and he helps to evacuate Ukrainians from that eastern portion of the country. So has saved hundreds of lives. He's been interviewed by NBC News, all these folks. And he's right there with the ecosystem that's pulled together. To, and, and folks could ask him questions. So they've done a great job. So y'all check it out. you got to join March 7th, 11 a.m. Eastern time and help out uh, what a noble mission uh, this is. Greg, your quick comment, and then we're going to bring on our featured guests here today. Yeah, I mean, whether you are just interested and just want to hear uh, what's going on or you think you might be able to help, um, tune in. A lot of people have just tuned in with curiosities and have been able to find a solution, you know, to help over there. So uh, it's all 100% of everything raised or donated goes right to uh, the people in need, not a single dollar in administrative costs. In fact, there are administrative costs which are be- being covered by Enrique and his team or some very generous shipping rates. Um, by is it Kuninagel? I think Kuninagel and um, uh, one other one other uh, Maersk, possibly. Yeah. Well, regardless, it, it, it takes a village, and there is a wonderful community that's pulled together with this uh, with this singular mission in mind, which is the help. 
So y'all join join us on March 7th, 11 a.m. Eastern time to learn a lot more. And the link to join in is in the comments. Okay, we we said it's going to be fast moving. We walked through headlines. We walked through some hot take. Goodness gracious, from Greg White. We talked Super Bowl. We've talked humanitarian, right? Because we're in position to uh, really uh, help others in ways that many other folks in different industries uh, aren't in that same position to do. And now we're going to gain more insights and expertise from our featured guests here today. We've really enjoyed our pre-show sessions. So with yeah. that said, I want to welcome in Leah Knight with Direct Spin Solution with the Direct Spin Solutions team at SAP. Leah, how are you doing? Doing great, Scott. Greg, how are you both? Very good. Thanks. Well, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. And I love, by the way, I love that colorful scarf, Leah. I've got to get one of those. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it would look it's like mascot, you. right? For you, Scott. You can tuck it into your shirt and look like Cary Grant. Oh, Ascot. Yeah, Ascot. Yeah. I like, well, Leah, I love that. And again, we have really enjoyed our, our pre show sessions. Love what you and your team are up to. So, Greg and Leah, uh, our fun warm up question is not going to be related to fashion. It just kind of dawned on me how pretty that was. Uh, let's talk about food, one of our other favorite topics here. So, uh, Leah, hard-hitting question. Uh, tomorrow is National Pancake Day, right? Parades everywhere. That begs the question, in my mind at least, pancakes or waffles, IHOP or Waffle House? Weigh in, Leo, your take. Scott, I was not expecting such a tough question. But uh, <laughs> let me give it some thought. You know, I actually love them both. They, you know, it really reminds me of... Uh, Long, uh, long ago road trips, um, taking a nice long break from the road. But, um, you know, I'd have to go with waffles because you, you just you, you can't beat that crunch that you mm. get in good waffle. Oh, man. Leah, I'm with you. And that crunch, as we were talking pre-show, a little bit of butter and syrup, especially at Waffle House. I'm partial there. Oh, goodness. Uh, Greg, what's your take, though? Well, you know, Leah made me think about my take. So, you know, I am a, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but I, I love this term. Why be a slave to the or when right. you can have the freedom of the and? I love them both. But Leah, you made me think of um, old fashioned waffle irons. So I always think of my great grandparents when I think of waffles because they had an old fashioned waffle iron actually made out of, of iron. And it was impossible. I don't, only my great grandmother could do it. It was impossible to make waffles. So whenever we would go over there, which was very frequently, um, because she made hellacious waffles, um, <laughs> it, she was the only one who could cook them. Nobody else could figure out how to make that thing work. There was no light. There was no power. You put it, she put it on her gas stove and, uh, but man, they were spectacular. So oh, it sounds today, today it's waffles. Yeah. Today it's definitely waffles. I, uh, Lee, I don't know about you. I'm just in love with the process that Greg laid out there. They, they, they could, you know, they could have been making anything, but I, I love being in the kitchen with folks that have uh, that know how to cook. It's such a fascinating experience, and, and the being and the food just being the food being good is just like gravy on top, you know. Uh, all right, a couple quick comments. As we knew this this tough question, we get some comments. Uh, hey, mom, love you. Uh, Leah Luton from Aiken, South Carolina says, Gracie, my second daughter would say IHOP and pancakes. That girl loves some IHOP. You're right, mom. You are right. And Amanda says, I'm with Leah. Tough choice, but I love the crunch of waffles, a bunch of butter and syrup. Yum. Me. And Steven says, but hey, 
buttermilk pancakes. Yeah. Buttermilk no pancakes, doubt. right? Yeah. Good stuff there. And by the way, Stephen Hales from Boston. Uh, him and, of course, the one and only uh, Kelly Barner. And Karen says, mm-mm, as I eat my avocado. <laughs> Sorry, Karen. <laughs> but good job sticking with healthy, healthy food. Yeah, that's so. right. Somebody's somebody's got to <laughs> live through this. That's right. <laughs> All right. So Leah and Greg and, and all of y'all, thanks for playing along. Uh, let's move into the, uh, more, more headlines really. Uh, and Leah, uh, I know you're tracking a few things. I want to pull up this first graphic here as we talk about a couple more articles here. Um, a few weeks ago, our friends at supply chain dive published an article. I think it's part of a series. It's, uh, in this case, the article is focused on supply chain shortages in 2023. One of those four items, Leah and Greg, was lithium and other EV components. So Leah, tell us more here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the automotive industry is really transforming as um, demand for electric vehicles and connected cars is just completely changing market dynamics. And that's creating a huge impact on procurement. And so this article discusses how the price of lithium, lithium is one of those goods in tight supply. And it's also very critical part of electronic vehicle content, um, the battery content, well, the prices of lithium have surged more than tenfold over the past few years, tenfold. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine. But then on the other hand, the article also discusses how um, 2023 could be the fourth year of semiconductor shortages, or it could be the year when demand and supply finally stabilize. So, You know, both of these examples on, on kind of complete ends of the spectrum show that procurement teams are under a lot of pressure um, to manage commodities and to manage uh, suppliers where supply can be scarce yeah. and also to manage pricing agreements when um, supply starts to increase, prices go down, and everything is uh, a lot less scarce. Mm. All right. So, Greg, we have known for years now that procurement uh, is is cool. Number one and number two has a seat at the table more and more so here lately, and for some of the reasons that Leah points out. Your thoughts here around uh, lithium and EV component shortages and what we're doing about it? Yeah, I mean it, uh, the shortage is real because it's a natural resource, right? Lithium, cobalt, and of course the rare earth um, minerals that go into semiconductors as well are are, are all natural resources. So um, much like fossil fuels, the the uh, resource is finite. So we have to manage that very carefully. And also, of course, if you've ever been to Chile or, or Argentina or any, you know, any of these African countries or China where they mine this stuff, I'll say relentlessly, mm. um, it is incredibly destructive to the planet and permanently so. So, um, it, you know, it's a, it's a real challenge And, you know, one of the things that, and Leah, I don't even know how practical this is, but one of the things that I have long advocated for in my over two decades is we need to figure (laughs) out other ways to build batteries. Um, There are other potential um, methodologies out there that would not take um, these types of material or not all of these types of materials and could reduce both the cost potentially at this point now that now that costs are so high it actually opens the door for looking at some of these other methodologies, I guess is the point. That's not really the job of procurement, but it's often prompted by procurement because they go, whoo, 10 times as much. Is there any anything else we could substitute for this? That 
that often will drive scientists and researchers to start to look for other other types of uh, resources to to tackle this problem. And I, I think that it's something we should seriously consider. Excellent point, Greg. And I see you nodding your head, uh, Leah. Anything else you want to add before we move on to our next article here? Well, actually, I, I think that's a great segue uh, to the next article um, because they, they, that's one of the things they question, Greg. So you're spot on. Will this cause the makeup, you know, the fundamental makeup of uh, electric vehicle batteries to change? And if so, how? You know, mm. will they be redesigned uh, with different kinds of components? Will that impact the longevity, the longevity of the battery? Will yep. it make them more, you know, more difficult to drive? Well, we're mm-hmm. going to dive in. Uh, head first in just a minute to the second read. I want to share a couple of quick comments here. And by the way, folks, we got a link to the Supply Chain Dive article, this first one here that we covered with Karen right there in the comments. Uh, I'm sorry, Leah, uh, right there in the comments. So y'all check that out. Um, I was saying Karen because Karen's in the comments uh, as well. And Karen says, as a result, going back to something I think Greg mentioned, Tesla's supplier is opening a new plant that's dedicated to lithium-ion batteries. Well, it was it was Elon Musk. Is that how you say his name? Elon Musk. A couple, three years ago, who said, if you want to be a, the next billionaire, start mining lithium, right? Wow. And I think Leah has, you know, validated that position, yep. right? Yep. Uh, and Shelly also, you're, you're talking about some of the mining practices, Greg, that industry is becoming more and more aware of, thankfully, so we can do something about it. Uh, Shelly says, I cringe when I think about the mining, the destruction, and the possible child labor. And Kelly's article, Kelly Barner, uh, article from last week, Russia or China? How do you choose? Mm-hmm. Uh, good point there. Okay. So, Leah, uh, you mentioned that was a great segue. I agree. Let's move to this next article here uh, that we've got teed up. Um, now, here, we want to dive in a little bit deeper uh, to the wonderful world of automotive, right? One of the most important industries around the world, really. In particular, the supply chain and technology themes for that industry in 2023. So, tell us more, Leah. Yes, absolutely. So, this article discusses a number of things, but um, one of the things that really caught my eye was that uh, was its discussion of new sources of growth for automakers. You know, mm-hmm. in particular in the area of connected services. Um, so that you know, tremendous opportunity there. Also, some impact on procurement. Um, and as we just discussed, as uh, Greg kind of divined, um, <laughs> it also talks about uh, different scenarios for electric uh, battery evolution, you know, especially as new legislation is likely to drive up demand for these cars even further. So, you know, Scott, Greg, both of these points really um, show how automakers are needing to drive and develop new innovations. They need to make heavy investment in new technology. Mm. And, you know, if you think about that, all of that really requires some new skill sets in procurement, um, new skill sets in supply chain. Because um, procurement, especially, you know, they need to go find and source the best suppliers for these new types of commodities, for these new types of technology. And then they need to partner with them very effectively in new product development, you know, or the alternative is building all that expertise up themselves. So, you know, some pretty significant uh, sea changes in the procurement area in this industry. Great point, Leah. And, yeah. and having the technology and the talent to, to um, you know, uh, take advantage in a, in a good way, business way, of the opportunity that's out there that you're speaking to is absolutely critical. Greg, uh, speak to that, whether, whether uh, you know, some of the changes that the automotive industry is going through or, or some of the things that are more related to the teams, the 
that are powering the organizations through um, industry evolution right now? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, there's a couple of things that uh, vex me slightly, and that is that we're not we are not incentivizing um, finding new and less destructive sources. We are incentivizing with some of the of the legislation that's recently been passed destroying our part of the world, whereas we used to be able to leave it, leave that destruction in these third world holes. And, um, (laughs) where my family is from Argentina. Um, but that's the way most people look at it is who cares? It's only Chile and Argentina, right? But now it's about to come home to Canada and Mexico and and the U S because of this incentive of finding some of these materials and mining some of these materials in, uh, North, in the North American area. So that, these cars can continue to be called American. Um, and so I think we're, we're fighting that headwind, of course. Also, to Leah's point earlier, this is a dramatic shift of focus of scientists and researchers. But it's also, I think, and Leah, I'd love your thoughts on this. I think it's a dramatic shift in the perspective and um, the role of of. Uh, procurement professionals. I don't know how many procurement professionals are really equipped to, to go, I don't want you to incrementally innovate. I want you to disrupt and disintermediate other types of products because we have this viewpoint on the world, which is you're destroying the planet in a new way instead of fossil fuels doing it, right? We're physically destroying the planet. Um, we need you to stop doing that and find some other way to do it. I just don't know if anyone in any company has that kind of power, nor mm. do I think that they have the training or expertise to be able to do that. It's going to take a really, really joint effort between those researchers, procurement professionals, and probably C-suite executives to to really make that necessary change happen. I see it as being very difficult, though, because we're not really incentivizing that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Leah, any thoughts to that? No, that 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 that's right, Greg. It it drives that kind of uh, collaboration you mentioned across procurement and research and product development and the board level. But also, I might add in the suppliers themselves. Um, mm-hmm. You know, procurement and suppliers and uh, these other stakeholders need to find better ways to work together on um, to collaborate on product design, for example. Um, see if they can find more. Um, you know, either different types of battery technology to avoid depleting what we have. You know, or um, you know, or other ways to uh, you know manage costs and and drive sustainability. You know, the OEMs need to be able to make sure that their suppliers and their suppliers suppliers are also um, building sustainable businesses and yep. um, building sustainable supply. And Leah, to your point about you know folks up and down the supply chain getting together and trying to find new opportunities. Sometimes it's just a matter of asking uh, uh, if, if the specs can change. Which I've done when when I when I was uh, supplying parts uh, with a wonderfully talented team in metal stamping to automotive and other industries. Sometimes you get in, a, in, a, in an engineering meeting, you ask the question, and the specs can change a little bit, and then that opens the door for 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 new ways, new innovations, new product development, new suppliers, um, which can help not only lower costs but um, create more flexibility, uh, maybe easier manufacturability uh, for what you're trying to do. So excellent point, Leah. And Greg, Lee, I see you nodding your head. Anything else you want to add before we uh, talk about what you and the team are doing over there? Oh, I would just agree with you, Scott, that um, as manufacturers uh, or OEMs work together with their external manufacturers, 
Um, they can collaborate on design for manufacturability, design for sustainability as well. So yep. there's tremendous opportunity through collaboration. Tremendous. So a lot of these automakers have venture arms as well, where they are actually funding the innovative or helping to fund the innovative companies that could come up with these solutions, right? I mean, it, it may be that procurement starts to say, hey, this is a direction we need to go. Can you guys go find some investments in this area and yep. start to nurture some of those truly innovative companies? I, I don't know what the um, you know, the timeline viewpoint of automakers is this these days. I can tell you it's far longer than it was in the 70s where they made cars to intentionally break down so they could sell parts. But mm. they've they've come a long way since that. I just don't know if they're looking far enough into the future to say, yeah, this is going to be a problem just like fossil fuels has been in another mm. 10 or 20 years. Right. Yep. Um. All right. So, so much to go on. I'd, I'd love to dive deep in a number of these topics we're, we're tackling here on the supply chain buzz, but Leon, I bet you got a jam-packed schedule here on this Monday. Um, okay. A couple quick comments, and then we're going to make sure we, we know what Leah and the team are doing, uh, her team are doing SAP. Uh, let's see here. Mark says thousands of electric cars are hitting the roads when our electricity supply is already struggling. And coal-fueled, if you're in the UK, by the way. Right. Their electricity supply is almost solely coal-fueled. Yeah. Um, Karen and Stephen both are talking about some of where uh, some some of those new mines are located. Some of those locations might surprise you. So y'all check that out in the comments. Um, Okay. So, Leah, bringing it back back to what y'all are doing, the Direct Spin Solutions team at SAP. So, in a nutshell... Um, tell us, how are y'all helping organizations? Yes, thank you for asking, Scott. So um, SAP is helping companies grapple with these problems by offering some product sourcing solutions. And the product sourcing solutions help procurement manage a full end-to-end procurement process for their products. So starting with the, the design of the product, the launch of the product, and then going all the way through volume manufacturing and renegotiating prices of these you know, huge multi-year contracts that are pretty typical in industries like automotive. And so, you know, in particular, these products help companies partner with their suppliers to work on co-innovation like like we've been discussing, and also manage materials that have pretty volatile, easily changeable costs. Mm. And, um, you know, the solutions are being adopted by large OEMs, but also new startup companies alike. Anyone who needs to uh, collaborate with suppliers on design processes or manage those volatile commodity costs. Yeah, the real fun stuff in supply chain. Leah, is that right? That's right. That's right. (laughs) It is, right? I mean, the challenge of this innovation or disruption or whatever you want to call it, disintermediation is, I mean, it is fun for some crazy people like me. (laughs) um, I I think this, it's this spirit of continually recognizing, right? Learning from the ills of the past, right? I don't think anyone intentionally tried to destroy the planet with fossil fuels. They just, they were there. They were plentiful, right? They were relatively cheap at one time and still, frankly, are relatively cheap. Yeah. Um, and they evolved it rather than completely altering it and changing to a different methodology. And we're just doing the same thing. I think what we need is to recognize that we need a bit of a quantum leap here to a next level of understanding to prevent further destruction of the planet as we're trying to eliminate destruction. 
Yeah. Great point, Greg. And great TV show, Quantum Leap, Leah and Greg. And that's, they brought it back. Uh, No, they brought it back. We'll have to cover that in an upcoming edition. How many seasons did it run the first time? Because I'm looking for a show and I don't have one. I don't know, but Scott Bakula must have been in a thousand episodes. If y'all remember that show from the late 80s and early 90s. I do not. I remember that it existed. Was it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe we need to ask... Ask their team how we can we can develop some of these new technologies we needed. If they right. can travel time, I bet they can power cars in, in, a, in a safe and sustainable fashion. Um, okay, so uh, let's talk. Uh, Leah, y'all have brought uh, a resource, an SAP white paper entitled Mitigating Supplier Risk Via Product Sourcing. Now, I think we've got a link that folks can access. It will drop that in the comments. But, you know, why should folks... Uh, check out this resource. How can it help them? Oh, it's a, it's a really nice uh, white paper uh, from a third-party researcher, IDC, and they share some market data about what procurement professionals are doing about this. And they focus on uh, engineering-oriented industries you know, like automotive, like industrial manufacturing, and provide a nice market view of you know what companies are doing today, what they expect to do in the future, and the types of solutions they can use to help them. Outstanding. Greg, uh, any thoughts? I'll tell you, uh, supplier risk, if if the world has learned anything over the <laughs> last few years, right, we've learned the immense uh, value of true strategic risk mitigation or, or, or risk mitigation strategies and just how important that is uh, across industry. Your quick thoughts there, Greg, about this resource, about what Lee mentioned, or just uh, uh, supplier risk in general. Yeah, I think that two two lessons that we learned immediately upon all of the shutdowns, lockdowns uh, early in the pandemic is, uh, one, if you're mean to your suppliers and you have an emergency, it's too late to make friends. Mm. And two, don't be single-threaded, right? Don't forget about potential backup suppliers, which Rick McDonald talked about last week when we were uh, talking with him. So... Uh, you know, those are two things that I think uh, I'm sure in some way or fashion are in that are in that document. But those yep. are things that we need to be thinking about is, um, the you know, maintaining the business relationship as productive and effective for both parties. And, of course, um, have a ba- have a plan B or C <laughs> or D, E, F, A, G. Yeah, who knows, right? <laughs> I mean, well, you know, Leah, you were talking earlier about commodity type products right that are available widely um but um you know the distribution or or sourcing of them can be very disparate so i think that that's a great example of where you need to have a plan b cmd possibly leah yeah exactly it's frustrating when a fairly inexpensive and non-strategic component um can hold up production just because it's in short supply suddenly yes how many parts does it take to uh, build an F-150, Scott? All of them. All That's of right. them, right? <laughs> we got we to find out who um, who brought that uh, to us. Yeah. We've gotten lots of mileage out of that. Leah, we? A few weeks, maybe months ago, we were talking about um, the fact that Ford could not ship, talk about a, a common part, could not ship their F-150s because they were out of the blue ovals that said Ford on them. Wow. Man. That's exactly what I'm the epitome of what we've been going through. In right. I mean, ways, that, right? Not, I mean, that nothing enunciates that more clearly than that. Yes. Yeah. And, and when you're dealing with the 
literally thousands of parts that make up uh, an automobile or a truck. It's 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 it can be easy without a programmatic approach, you know, to lose track of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. Um, all right. So, folks, we invite you. I think I shared this link, but you can download that white paper uh, that Karen or that Leah, Karen, it, man, I, I've got to get some of her comments. And you were worried about calling her mom because her name's the same as your mom. Karen. All I can say is we're going to wind up on YouTube. <laughs> if anyone catches, catches the word Karen, this will wind up on YouTube with a million views. Well, so I think we did a good job. That's right. The good news here is you can uh, uh, access this white paper, this resource, that Leah has brought to the table right here using this link there. And uh, let us know what you think about it. Um, beyond that, Leah, uh, how can folks connect with you and, and what your team is doing SAP? Oh, please connect with me on LinkedIn. Always looking for opportunities to connect with people. Wonderful. Well, uh, and I'm sure they will enjoy meeting and getting to know you better and what you do and, and, uh, um, some of your, uh, what you're doing out in the industry as much as we have here. So really appreciate you spending a portion of your Monday, uh, with us here on the supply chain buzz and folks, we try to make it really easy. We have dropped the link to Leah's LinkedIn right there in the chat. So y'all check that out. Okay. Well, Leah Knight, really appreciate your time here. Uh, yeah. you, uh, part of the team at the direct spin solutions, uh, portion of SAP. Thanks so much. Hope you have a wonderful week ahead. Thank you for the opportunity, Scott. Thank you, Greg. And thank Thanks. you to everyone for joining. All right, man. Really enjoyed chatting with Leah. Um, so, Greg, we covered a lot of ground here today, mm-hmm. uh, both uh, before Leah joined us and, of course, when she did join us. Man, really wide-ranging conversation. If you had to boil it down to one of or to one thing, maybe that folks have got to take away from this conversation. They forget everything else. What is that one thing, Greg? Well, I'd like to point out that the only Karen we had on the show today was a very positive influence yeah. um, and brought, brought some, some good knowledge. So, so the sooner we can do away with that whole notion, <laughs> the sooner we can do away with that whole notion of Karen. Um, I'm not sure why we picked that name, but because um, I love that name personally, but, Anyway, the sooner we can do away with that, the better. The other is that, look, um, procurement is not just buying the stuff that's out there. And I think we forget that a lot of times, right? It is also shaping the market to provide, to your point, Scott, can the specs change? Um, Should the intent change, right? Certainly, can we impact the outcomes of the company? And you certainly can do that with the kind of role and the kind of uh, experience that Leah was talking about, right? Yep. That, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's so much that they can do to influence innovation and, and changes in, in the marketplace, right? Yeah. I think the, the sooner we start to link supply chain and procurement with the corporate goals and give them both specific accountability and specific authority, uh, to help enforce those goals or help to reach those goals, the better. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Folks, uh, make sure you check out, um, connect with Leah first. Um, what a pro out there doing big things and, uh, check out that white paper 
Uh, more resources, more perspectives, always good. Hey, Mick, appreciate that perspective uh, and your feedback here. Worthwhile program, he says. Thank you. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Karen says, I've got to repackage those as clean trucks and ship them uh, back to the Ford. Uh, generics. We could call them generics. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and let's see here. I had a comment earlier. Steven is also a Quantum Leap fan. He says, Quantum Leap 2 just launched, but Scott Bakula isn't in this new uh, reboot. That's all right. That is right. Uh, but Steven, thanks for joining us here today. Uh, all right, folks. Uh, as we talked about, I want to make one more plea. Talk about a worthwhile effort that's really helping a ton of people out there. Join us March 7th, 11 a.m. Eastern time for Leveraging Logistics for Ukraine. I promise you, you won't regret that you did. You don't have to give anything. You don't have to say anything. Just show up and mm. connect, connect the dots and maybe find a way that you can make a difference. Um, the link for that is in the chat. Okay, Greg. Got a big week of programming ahead. Always a pleasure to knock out uh, these conversations with you. Thanks for joining us. Likewise. Um, big thanks again to Amanda and Catherine behind the scenes helping make production happen. Thanks for all the folks. Man, I couldn't get to all the comments. Uh, yeah. Hey, James, uh, looking forward to hearing about the Burns experience. I haven't been yes. there. Yeah, you'll have to. You'll have to. Yeah, come into the into the comments and uh, and share that. So we'll get that settled up over the next. Undoubtedly. Yeah. <laughs> Undoubtedly. And hey, big thanks, of course, to Leah Knight and SAP for, for joining us on a very busy Monday for her and her team, I bet, and sharing some perspective and some resources, a lot of good stuff. Uh, but folks, whatever you do, you absorb all this information, all this pers perspective and expertise, and then you got to do something with it, right? Deeds, not words. And on, that, on this Monday uh, afternoon, Eastern time at least, our team's challenging you to do good to give forward, and to be the change that's needed. And with that said, we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.